Welcome to Weekend Trader. I'm Caroline Woods and I'm joined by Ben Lichtenstein, host of Futures here on the TD Ameritrade Network. Ben, so good to have you as always. More losses this week. Already had a skittish volatile market and now there are geopolitical concerns looming over this market. What do you make of it all? Yeah, good morning, Caroline. A busy week it was, to say the least, especially for commodities. A lot of focus on the geopolitical tensions, a bit of a roller coaster ride there, but uh, the indices came under pressure and uh, in continuation of the pattern we've seen basically since the beginning of the year, investors continue to weigh the impact of higher rates, a more hawkish Fed, inflation that seems to be here for, uh, well, a little bit more inflation than we initially thought we'd be seeing, and it seems to be here for longer is what we're hearing from some of the Fed speakers. So it was a busy week for markets, to say the least. All right, we'll talk about inflation in the Fed a little bit more in just a minute, but first let's focus on Russia, Ukraine and the impact that it's had on everything. But let's start with Bitcoin. Okay, well, I think that's a good place to start because it's a pretty good representation of the broader market. Some of those infest investor concerns that uh, I mentioned and some of the unease that we're seeing in the marketplace. So Bitcoin oftentimes looked at one of those risk on, risk off type assets. And I think some of the weakness we've been seeing recently is a pretty good reflection of that. I think we should start with the 60 minute time frame. We've seen some selling come into play. Futures sold off from 69,000 all the way down to 32,000 and then tried to recover similar pattern as far as what we saw with the broader market, the ES, the NASDAQ, the Dow, the Russell, kind of hanging out at or below right around those uh, December lows, but still holding up above the extreme low that we saw just last month. So again, uh, a bit under pressure here this week. But as I take a step back from the intraday look, that 60 minute time frame, again, a similar pattern in terms of what we're talking about uh, in terms of the other four majors, the ES, the NASDAQ, the Dow, the Russell, they're all below the 50-day moving average, as is the case with Bitcoin futures. Again, I mentioned holding up above the Jan lows, but a pretty good reflection of investors' uh, unwillingness to kind of just buy with two hands and eyes closed mentality, similar to what we'd seen towards the end of last year. They've been a lot more selective this year, a lot more discretionary in terms of which eggs or which baskets they're putting their eggs in with rates on the rise. Again, there's a lot of assets competing for investors' dollars. Well, speaking of which, let's talk about oil because we know we were at, what, eight-year highs, highest level since 2014. Oil came down from those levels, but uh, uh, talk to me about the action you've been seeing there. Well, there's been a few things at play here. For one, we've got some technicals to talk about, which we'll get into in just a second in terms of the charts, but the uh, fundamentals have really been the focal point this week. You had the geopolitical tensions on the border of Russia and the Ukraine, which adds a premium to energy prices in general. We're not just, ta just talking uh, oil heating oil, Arbob gasoline futures. I mean, prices at the pump are up about a dollar from where they were this time last year. So uh, again, this isn't just this week or this month. This has been kind of an ongoing situation in terms of that inflation tie and uh, some of the run-up we've seen in energy prices there. But it was really kind of, uh, uh, came to a head it seemed like this week we had geopolitical tensions as mentioned in terms of the border of russia and ukraine and a bit of a back and forth there it started out with this talk about the russian build-up and how we could get uh, attack at any moment and then or any day and then there was some diplomacy towards the end of the week we also saw uh, some news related to Iran in terms of the nuclear deal, and that helped ease prices off the highs. Crude oil, let's take a look at the charts. They traded all the way up to the $95 level and then uh, sold back off down to 87. So a sharp move to the downside after topping out seven-year highs. We're talking levels we haven't seen since the summer and fall of 2014. As you take a step back from the 
uh, a five minute time frame in some of the selling we've seen this week. You can see, again, as mentioned, the re recent run up got us back to these multi year highs. And you can see, as mentioned, it wasn't just this week. So this has been kind of an ongoing issue as we've come off the pandemic lows. Energy prices on the rise. Caroline feed directly into that inflation discussion. And while the fundamentals have added some volatility into the market over the last few days and certainly some premium, Again, uh, uh, this is not a new story in terms of energy prices and the impact it has on inflation, the ripple effect it has, not only on inflation, but investor sentiment in general. Speaking of volatility, Ben, we've also seen interest in gold. Is that a classic flight to safety move amidst all of this volatility and these geopolitical tensions? It has been, it seems like. Um, now, keep in mind, gold actually has been running up uh, prior to some of these uh, geopolitical tensions sparking up as inflationary pressures have been of an issue. One of the things I've been noticing is it seems like gold gets a lift when inflation's a bit of a concern, but if rates aren't necessarily on the rise, and we saw some of that this week, rates actually, well, they were on the rise, but treasuries came off the extreme lows that we had seen earlier in the week, and they kind of backed off a little bit towards the end of the week. So. Again, um, uh, we saw gold rally in a big way. Geopolitical tensions, the uncertainty tied to the indices selling off a little bit. This is all supportive of gold prices as investors move away again, as we were talking about with Bitcoin, from some of those riskier assets into more predictable, uh, less volatile assets like gold and the U.S. dollar. And gold benefited this week all the way up to $1,905. Now, I mentioned, Caroline, earlier a minute ago that it wasn't just this week in terms of the move up because we started out or bottomed out, I should say, at the end of January. January. And here you can see the trajectory to the upside, the well-defined trend that we've been in, and now just kind of consolidating up here. Uh, the bulls want to see us continue. They're looking at that ultimate high that we saw, the all-time high up around 2100. But taking a step back shows that uh, gold moved away from the 50-day moving average this week. It's above the 200-day moving average. I think the next hurdle comes around this 1910, 1920 area, the June 2021 highs but yes this is a reflection of geopolitical tensions unease in terms of investors what they're feeling as the indices come off i mentioned the vix earlier the dollar or the greenback another one of those safe haven type products that you're going to see it getting a lift and what i start to notice when i see gold on the move here is a couple weeks ago we were talking about is this just a rotational type trade where we're seeing investors move away from growth stocks and nasdaq tech heavy names into more traditional uh you know large caps for example the dow has been doing very well but even this week the dow started to come off and started to show some pressure so i think that's raising some of those concerns and again bringing a bit more interest into uh, gold and some of those other products mentioned all right, and just quickly, I want to touch upon inflationary pressures before we look ahead to next week, which I'm sure we'll be talking about inflation as well. But got a hotter than expected PPI report. We got the Fed minutes, so a, a rate hike is all but certain come March. Just a question now of 50 basis points, 25 basis points. How many after that? What do you think the market's pricing in right now, Ben? I think still a quarter for the most part. Um, I think that they're cautiously. Uh, viewing the potential for a half, but the Fed's been pretty clear to this point. I think market participants are leaning on that transparency and they've uh, made it clear that they're focused on a quarter still. Now, we heard a couple rebel rousers this week and last week kind of stirring things up. Bullard, for example, talking about front loading, the potential for a half point come March, but then a little bit more of a level-headed approach towards things as we headed into the end of the week. Mester, for example, talked about how it was more appropriate to raise a quarter point in March and then look towards the second half of the year. And if need be, then we can start to get a little bit more aggressive. But I think, again, the idea has been more the acceptance of the fact that inflation's here. 
for uh, again a longer more intensely and and for a longer duration than we initially expected and I think the market's accepting that but I don't think they're looking for a shock at this point I think too many of the Fed speakers have sort of kind of reverted back to that transparency and the uh, the expectations that we'll only raise a quarter Hearing more and more calls for one at every meeting, though, Ben, so we'll have to wait and see. We still have less, a little less than a month to go for that. But let's look ahead to next week. We've had a, a, quite a few earnings reports already come out, but there still are a few big names left to report, especially in the retail space. Uh, what's on your radar in terms of upcoming earnings? The focus continues to be on inflation and consumer trends and habits and some of the spending. We'll be taking a look at some of these big retailers throughout the week and earnings. Now, one of the things I've mentioned uh, throughout the last few weeks, Caroline, is how economic data and earnings haven't really provided investors that backdrop to kind of lean on and shrug off some of the other concerns, for example, inflation, geopolitical concerns, as uh, eco data and earnings just hasn't really impressed. So maybe that'll change next week. Maybe that is what the market needs to get kind of back on track. You can see a few of the big names, Wayfair Thursday, Foot Locker, uh, and Beyond Meat on Thursday, Foot Locker on Friday. So we do have some big names, and uh, we also have some economic data next week to keep an eye on, durable goods orders, uh, in addition to some housing numbers. And if you're focused on inflation, which as a trader and investor in this environment you have to be, well, we've got something for you as well, personal income and spending. So a lot to keep an eye on next week, not only earnings and eco data, but again, what I'm looking or is kind of that bigger picture backdrop to come back into play where investors can sort of uh, kind of release or let go of some of those concerns and those tensions and those that unease tied to geopolitical tensions and uh, rates on the rise and just kind of focus on some of the basics and uh, some of the uh, uh, economic data. We also have housing data on the economic front and we'll hear from Home Depot and Lowe's. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, there's some some calls for the housing market to cool. It'll be interesting to see what the kind of indication this gives us about where where the housing market stands. Well, it will because uh, with rates on the rise, that's kind of the unknown. You know, I was mentioning again a minute ago, earnings eco data being that backdrop, that pillar of strength. So is housing for the most part. Uh, you know, for the last well, decade plus it seems like. But ultimately. Um, you know, again, is that starting to change? I think it's a real question here, Caroline, because there's a ripple effect from that. We oftentimes talk about those bigger ticket items, uh, washers, dryers, sofas. If you're not out there buying a home, then in theory, you're not necessarily spending money on those items either. We'll get a look, as I mentioned, again, at Durable Goods next week. But are rates on the rise going to accelerate some of these uh, housing trends that we've seen as buyers make the decision that maybe I need to go out and purchase that home now before we, uh, you know, get into those higher levels that we're expecting in terms of uh, the 30-year and 10-year yields ultimately? Or does it start to force some of those buyers uh, back to the sidelines and they're going to be a little bit less aggressive than what we have been seeing as rates, again, could tip scales one way or the other. So I think a lot of traders, a lot of investors are going to be focused on the housing numbers to come as, and possibly provide us a little bit more insight in terms of how the economy is doing on a whole. Or do the high prices and low inventories force people to spruce yes. up the homes that they have and take extra trips to Home Depot and Lowe's? We'll have to wait and see. Ben Lichtenstein, always appreciate your insights. Thank you so much, and thank you for watching Weekend Trader. I'm Caroline Woods, and I'll see you next week.